You are listening to the Daily Escape Podcast with Sadie K. Frazier. This episode has been brought to you by Traveling Realms Media. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all having a great week in this uh, beginning of December. Here, it's not so bad. We're supposed to get some snow tonight, but then it's supposed to be almost 70 degrees next week. So it's definitely uncharacteristic of December. Let me know where you guys are all from. Kind of check in and say hi from whatever part of the country you're in. Now I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I have absolutely nothing planned to talk to you about. I have a course that was just released this morning, so my intention was to get on and kind of talk about that, share the links, all that kind of stuff, and I'm still going to do that. But in the meantime, some other things have kind of transpired this week. Um, I've kind of had a little bit of a virus that's kept me down a little bit, and not, not super sick, just enough to kind of make me feel cruddy and not really very motivated to do much of anything. And then yesterday, I was getting all of my email funnels and sequences all put together for this course, and I was ready to send out the link this morning to share my free writer's workshop, How to Prepare to Write Your First or 20th Novel Without Having a Panic Attack. And it's something I've worked on for probably the last year. I've been so excited to share it. I had all the emails ready to go finally perfected. I was just kind of playing with it with somebody else that I work with and know. And I kind of followed her advice, decided to um, go ahead and hit publish thinking everything was done. Well, apparently one of the dates was wrong on there. The time, technology, whatever you want to say was the excuse at the time. And the links went out immediately instead of Uh, during the release day today, including, I believe, maybe my follow-up email, which was supposed to go out like three days after the class that says, thank you for joining me. Here's, you know, here's the link again if you still want to join the uh, master class that I have coming up in January. But regardless, I was a little bit disheartened because I was kind of like, oh, there's the first glitch. You know, you know how it goes. You're all excited about something. You think you have it perfected. And then all of a sudden something happens, which really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, But my mind started to kind of wander and it started to try to talk myself into, see, I knew this wasn't going to work. I knew that there was going to be something that would come up that would hold you back from doing your best in this project. First you were sick and then, and all these thoughts just kind of started to tumble through my head. And I was at work at the time, so there's not much I could do about it. I just quickly sent an email to everybody else that was on that list for the class. And I said, hey, due to technical difficulties, the link went out a little bit early. So surprise, I turned it into a positive and I said, surprise, you get it early. 
you know, kudos to you, blah, 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 blah. And it didn't end up being that big of a deal. So then I got home and I thought, okay, now I'll just do the follow-up stuff, you know, and kind of keep them encouraged, send them an email and let them know that I'm thinking of them. I hope they're enjoying the workshop. They can send me some feedback, things that I could, you know, that they enjoyed about the class, things that maybe they'd like to see in the future classes. And I hadn't quite got that done last night. My husband and I were sitting on the couch and I had somebody that's also a part of the class, but also related to me, <laughs> sent me an email and said, or an instant message and said, are you seeing this? And I said, no, what's going on? Well, apparently one of the people that I had sent the class link to had gotten on and replied all to the emails that I sent and said, I do not want to be a part of your class. I have over 20 books published, and I basically don't need your help. I don't remember what all was said, but it was it was, it was was taken in a negative light. I don't know how other class members would have taken it. I would have appreciated that person to maybe email me separately. But in the middle of all that, one of the other class members, because they were attached in it also, was kind enough to reach out to this person and say, hey, you're being a little negative. I don't know what all was said because I didn't see that secondary email come through. So here I am not even responding back to it. The next email that comes out was forwarded to all of my class members again. And it's from this first initial person who said, I don't appreciate your negativity. You're the one with issues and just blasted me, said all kinds of horrible things to all of my class members. Now, I'm reminding you that I did not even get on to talk about anything in between there. I didn't respond back to anybody. I didn't even know this was going on behind the scenes. So I just briefly emailed this person back and I said, hey, I don't know who responded back to you, but it was not me. I met you at the Council Bluffs Public Library here a few weeks ago. You asked to be signed up for this workshop and I will happily remove you from the workshop, but... That's how I got your email, and I apologize for any misunderstandings, blah, blah, blah. I was very nice about it. So I got an email this morning that said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize when the response came back from one of your class members that it wasn't you. So basically, I'm just telling you all of this to, number one, vent for a minute, but number two, just to show you how quickly a very positive uplifting, motivational experience that I intended for this course release turned into this completely chaotic people fighting, backstabbing in the middle. of, And I wasn't even in the middle of it, but it somehow took away all of the intentions that I had for this class. In my mind last night, I was, I was distraught. I, I was just like, seriously, this is the second thing that's deterred me from, you know, making this class as perfect as I possibly can. And, and there's the key. That's, that's, I guess what I want to talk on is I had so many intentions for this class, so many goals and things that I wanted to do and things that I wanted to accomplish more so from a teaching aspect, more from a helping aspect. When I pour my whole heart into a project, it's because I want to help you as the reader, as the writer, as the listener. So when something like that happens, it wasn't because I didn't feel confident in the content that I was sharing with them. 
it was because I felt like there was someone trying to sabotage. There was, there was something out there trying to stop me from being able to express my love, my hope, my inspiration to others. And then I realized, like I said, it was my own perception of what I wanted. It was my own hope of this being as perfect as possible, like I said a few minutes ago. So what was the issue with all of that? It was me expecting perfection. How many times in our lives have we gone after a project? Have we created something? And we think it's as close to perfect as possible. And then our hopes are dashed the second anybody says, well, you know, you could have done this better. You could have done this better. You could have done this better. And that's not even what happened in this case. But in my mind, that's all I heard was you are doomed to fail before you ever get started. And I know that's not the case. I truly believe in this project and and I'm not going to let it deter me. However, I'm just letting you guys know that here I am getting on this podcast and telling you guys all these steps to declutter your mind and all these things to be resilient, be strong in the face of discouragement. But I'm here feeling it too. I'm here tearing myself apart and saying, see, this is never going to work. I'm ready to throw up my hands and say, oh, I don't even know why I bother. So I'm just basically wanting you guys to know that whatever you face, you're always going to have those moments like this of just total chaos where everything falls apart right in front of your eyes and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Or at least that's how you feel. There is something you can do to stop it though. And that is to take a step back and realize that regardless of if someone was trying to sabotage that class, if someone, it doesn't matter what the intentions were behind that whole argument going on between two different people. My core purpose, my core message Everything that I wanted to share still stands. And no matter what anyone else does to try to sabotage that, to send negative vibes out into the universe that they don't want me to succeed, that they don't want you to succeed, whatever the case may be, that is not the case. The universe still has your back. And like I said, every time before I get on this podcast, before I do any of my creative endeavors, I always reiterate and repeat a mantra that has come to mean the world to me. And that is, thank you universe for speaking through me. Or you can say through teaching, through creating, through inspiring. For allowing me to become a vessel of hope, of inspiration to those who need it most. I step out of the way and I let you guide my way. If you're a religious person, the same thing could be said for a prayer or speaking directly to God. It doesn't matter who you're speaking to. It's the fact that you're putting those vibes out there into the universe and saying, I am not in control of this destination. I need to stop looking at things like they need to be perfect because God only knows we are not perfect people. And there are going to be circumstances throughout your life where things are going to go to hell in a handbasket. And it's, it's in how you respond to those things that's going to show your true character. It doesn't matter who's instigated what. It doesn't matter who's fed you with negativity, who's told you lies, told you not to believe in yourself, tried to tear you down. Those people have their own karma, their own universal whatever to deal with. That is not for you to worry about, to stress over, to fret over, or to let tear you down. It is in how you respond to those moments that shows your true character. So I just wanted to share that, kind of get that out of the way before we ever start and just kind of uplift you and let you know that 
I'm here. I feel the same things you do on a day-to-day basis, and I'm trying to do my best to be a positive light in this very, very broken, negative world of people who feel like they just are nasty people who want to tear others down and don't want them to succeed. And I believe that we can all succeed, but it's going to take a whole lot of work on all of our parts to band together, to be a good, decent human being and to uplift others. We're not here to tear each other down. We are here to uplift each other. All right. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about the actual workshop. And then I thought I'd talk a little bit about what being an author means to me, or maybe even discuss some traits of an author. We are a one of a kind people for sure. Okay. So first, I think I want to talk about who inspired me to write in the first place and who some of my first influences in becoming an author actually were. Um, That would be my high school English slash creative writing teacher, Mr. Art Smith. And that was at Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, Arizona. So he influenced me not because, so I had other English teachers and things like that, that I really admired growing up. However, they seem to fit that same persona of it always was a, an older female teacher, it seemed like to me, who was very staunch and very, your grammar has to be correct. Your, you know what I mean? And they stood up in front of the classroom and expected, again, here comes the phrase, expected perfection. And I got all kinds of red marks all over my paper growing up. I remember that as well as my handwriting. I remember one of my teachers putting it up on the, I remember one of my teachers putting it up on the bulletin board and saying, I don't know who wrote this, but uh, these chicken scratches are not acceptable. (laughs) I I should have known I was probably destined to be like a doctor or somebody like that at that point because of my handwriting. But regardless of who influenced you, there are those certain teachers that whether they come across staunch like that or whether they are helpful, whether they're mean, we will always remember them. And like I said, Mr. Smith was my very, very favorite teacher of all time next to Mrs. Laneson in fourth grade at Hoover Elementary in Council Bluffs, Iowa, just because she was such a sweetheart. Anyway, so he was a very down-to-earth teacher. Like, I almost felt like he was from, (laughs) he was an old soul from a different era entirely. When he first walked into the classroom, he had on jeans and a t-shirt, and I, well, honestly, I thought he was very good looking at the time also, but He was just a little bit older than us, but he was a very young teacher or appeared to be a very young teacher. And he seemed to teach with a different methodology than I had ever been a part of before. It was more like he was down on our level and he wanted us to feel his passion for art, for writing, for creative writing and learning the English language and grammar through just a more like almost like a fun, creative approach instead of just the staunch, you know, read out of your textbook and do what you're told. One of the next classes that I took of his besides his English class was his creative writing class. And that was the first time that I ever was exposed to listening to music while I was writing. And it was really an amazing experience. I remember he would turn down the lights in the classroom He would get out, I believe it was a record player of some albums that he brought in and he would play all these different kinds of music. It was almost, I didn't know what the music was at the time because I wasn't exposed to it like as a kid, 
but it was probably not really binaural beats, but there were some, some hidden like new agey type vibes in there and they would play and he would just say, let your mind go, just close your eyes, let your mind go and just write whatever comes to you. And the first time I did that, I felt a little uncomfortable. I felt a little strange closing my eyes in a classroom of my peers. You know, you can hear some kids snicker. Some people are screwing around and laughing. And then I realized that I was feeling that vibe. I was, I was getting that, you know, tingling sensation where my mind was like, yes, you know what to do with this. Close your eyes. And the words just started to form. So I ended up winning a small writing competition that we sent off to state. And it was a poem. I can't even remember the name of it at this point. It was something like, stop the world, I want to get off. And I was so excited when that happened. And it really fueled my writing career. Now, this was back in probably ninth grade. It had started a little bit in eighth grade. And then ninth grade is when it really, ninth and tenth grade. So then I had a big gap in between where I didn't really write a whole lot after I graduated high school. There was several years there where I didn't write at all. And then I started writing music. Several people in my life were, mainly through the church we went through, found out that we had these unique experiences where we sat down to maybe sing one song together and then all of a sudden there was this connection where it was like, whoa, would you want to write some music with me? Like I'm feeling these weird vibes. It's hard to explain when you first start writing to somebody else, those vibes I'm talking about. It's like this tingling sensation and these thoughts start forming in your head. And it's like, if I don't sit down and put my fingers on this keyboard right now, my head's going to explode because even if you don't have the words to put into motion yet, those thoughts are forming in your mind. They're swirling through your head and they are getting ready to present themselves. It's, it's your job to keep an open mind for that to happen. So like I said, those are a couple of my first experiences with writing and feeling that passion that I knew I wanted to do this for a living. And then you get married, you have kids, you kind of let that go by the wayside. When I was married to my ex-husband, I literally felt zero creativity. And I didn't realize until I was out of the situation, I was married to him for nine years. And it's only been recently that I've really started thinking about that time when we were married and how little inspiration I actually felt to be creative. I became a wife, I became a mom, and I was happy in every sense of the word with my kids, with living the the picture of that life because I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I always knew I wanted to be married. I wanted to stay home. I wanted to cook. I wanted to clean all those things. I wanted to be a housewife basically. And I became all of that. And I was as happy as I could be in that circumstance. Now, once you're out of it and you start to feel those things return, you realize kind of what, what kind of drought you were in. I didn't play music during that time. I've listened to music, obviously, but I didn't play the piano that entire time. When we were first together, I played at our church. I had, I always have played the piano in church. Well, now it's been almost 30 years since I've played in church and I desperately miss it. It's been almost 30 years since I have just sat down and poured out my heart and wrote music and felt inspired to share my whole, you know, heart, soul, and mind with people through the words that I write, other than being a, a writer. I just mean through music. 
and I desperately, desperately missed it. So when I began to think about writing this course, I started to think about all of these other things and what people might be going through, what other people with a passion inside of them that are stuck maybe. They, maybe they just don't know where to get started. So that's why I created this course. Like I said, I my core message is that I believe every story needs to be told. It deserves to be told. It begs to be told. You don't know when you're writing your books, when you're writing your poems, even when you're blogging and you're just, or you're podcasting like this and you're just sharing your heart and soul with people, you don't know whose life you might touch in the process. You don't know who might be going through the very same thing or worse than you are and needs your words to survive. My passion in creating these workshops is to eventually work with others. It's not just that I want to help you write a novel. Anybody can write a novel, uh, nonfiction, fiction, whatever you want to write. You can write that and you can write all the words, but there's something to be said about somebody who writes a novel from their past experiences, from their soul, from their heart, from their pain. That trauma that they've experienced, that's what I want to help them write. When we were at the public library here a few weeks ago, the lady that's in charge of some of the um, events that she set up, she talked about wanting me to come in and work with veterans and help them to write their story. And the minute that she said that, I had goosebumps everywhere. I knew that that is what my future is going to become. I think I've always known that I was going to be a teacher of some kind. I've always wanted to be a healer, which is why, why I became a nurse in the first place. But there's an underlying passion to help people bring that story out of their heart and soul. There's so many people that I know, um, a family member included, well, a couple family members actually, that are going through some pretty rough times. One of them, like I said, my cousin Chris that was on my podcast last week is suffering from ALS. I've also written a book about a friend of mine who passed away from ALS. What I want to do is hone in on teaching people how to tell their story from the perspective of sharing the raw moments, sharing their trauma, their pain in order to help others, in order to help them heal, to get to the other side of their journey, to make it through to the other side of hopelessness and desperation, depression. Um, there's so many stigmas around mental illness and all of these other issues that we are afraid to talk about. We're afraid to share the reality and the pain of what we're going through. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what I want to do is help these people tell their stories because I believe by admitting the truth and uncovering that pain, that is the only way to untether ourselves from a past that we don't belong in anymore. It's the only way to bring us forward to heal. So that, like I said, that is what my workshop was about, was mastering your mindset getting yourself in the right place to write in the first place. And then that leads into my full-blown masterclass in January, which is bringing the story inside your heart to life. And I'll share more about that later. I'll go in depth about each of the modules and what I hope to share with others during that time. But for now, I just kind of wanted to mention it, tell you um, maybe what my passion is behind some of the things that I you'll hear me talk about on here. And now I'd like to kind of jump course here and talk about some of the traits of being a writer. 
I have found that in some of the people that we've met along our journey that are also authors, you can kind of pick them out in a crowd sometimes. One of the things that I read about, it's from LitHub, L-I-T-H-U-B.com. And it says, if you have these traits, you might be a writer. So one of the things that I read about, it surprised me. I, like I said, the, the situation that happened yesterday with the workshop, I did start to take some of that personally. I feel like as an author, sometimes we're a little bit more sensitive to, and we really are affected by some of the outside underlying things that happen to us. So in this article on LitHub, it says the first trait I've been thinking about as a writer is a tendency towards extreme sensitivity. A new definition is highly sensitive people. According to Dr. Elaine Aron, a psychologist who has studied HSP and written several books about it, about 15 to 20% of the population falls into this category. And it said, there's some questions that will identify you as being a highly sensitive person. I seem to be aware of subtleties in my environment. Other people's moods affect me. I have a rich and complex inner life and I am made uncomfortable by loud noises. I get rattled when I have to do a lot in a short amount of time. I'm deeply moved by arts and music and I make it a point to avoid violent TV shows and movies when people are uncomfortable in a physical environment. I tend to know what needs to be done to make them more comfortable, like changing the lighting or the seating. Now she uses a classic essay called The Crack Up by F. Scott Fitzgerald to kind of prove um, that we identify with that type of sensitivity in our writing. His story reads, One harassed and despairing night, I packed a briefcase and went off a thousand miles to think it over. I took a dollar room in a drab little town where I knew no one, and I sunk all the money I had with me into a stock of potted meat, crackers, and apples. But don't let me suggest that the change from a rather overstuffed world to a comparative ascetism was any research magnificant. I only wanted absolute quiet to think out why I had developed a sad attitude towards sadness, a melancholy attitude towards melancholy, a tragic attitude towards tragedy, why I had become identified with the objects of my horror and compassion. So they state that in reading that, they wondered if it was an expression of Fitzgerald's feelings of being overwhelmed of that need to separate from the world briefly, to feel the fullness of an empty room with a typewriter. And for writing, that sort of heightened emotional and sensory sensitivity is very important. It's what attunes writers to the quality of sunlight at noon versus dusk, or the sound of honking cars in the rain, or the feeling of a particular sadness, the feeling of being highly aware of the gorgeous stickiness of the world, of the wildness within yourself means that writers are porous to experience, to elements, to feeling. It's what makes a writer want to grab the world and wrestle with it onto the page. I thought that was a beautiful sentiment um, that explains how a writer is in connection with the openness to their imagination. So what are some other traits of a writer? What makes someone a good writer? On another article I read, writersxp.com, one of the main characteristics of a writer is definitely discipline. Writers have a unique quality of maintaining discipline. And it's because we have to evaluate, write, rewrite the same piece of content over and over and over again. And it definitely can make you very frustrated. Another trait is that we are passionate readers. A good writer is also an avid reader. 
It's in all those readings that inspire a writer to write. Sometimes we get extra ideas or we find a deeper purpose or understand another author's plot or mentality behind those writings. We also know how to think outside the box. Think about J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter series and her amazing fiction novels. It's the ability to create something amazing that distinguishes great writers from mediocre ones. Most writers are often sleep deprived. (laughs) Some of us are able to write for one to two days continuously without sleeping, this article says. Now, I only wish that that was the case. A lot of us have jobs that we have to go to where that is our full-time daily job. I dream of a day when I can stay home and just concentrate on writing and be retired and be able to run my business and do everything that I want to do without having to go to a full-time job during the day as well. Another trait that we need to have, and this is the whole aspect of this podcast, just from the experience that I experienced yesterday with my pitfalls in my workshop to right now when I'm talking to you, as a writer, you have to have lots and lots and lots of patience (laughs) and not take things personally as well. Now, a writer has to face a lot of rejection sometimes before they get published for the first time. I found it interesting that J.K. Rowling was rejected many times for publishing Harry Potter series, but she didn't lose hope. She had patience and had complete faith in her work. She never gave up. She just kept going. She didn't listen to those negative little whisperings saying, it's not good enough, we're not interested. She kept going and look at her now. So apart from that, there will be times when we have absolutely nothing to add to our manuscript. We have writer's block. Or days when we realize the end is so far away and the only thing preventing us from finishing is just that white space, that blank space on the pages. When you are patient, that is how you stick with it, you become resilient, and eventually you finish that manuscript no matter what obstacles have stood in your way. This is how a writer survives in this competitive world. Now, it also mentions that often they are multi-talented. Multi-talented is the most common characteristic of a writer as they also indulge in other activities of book marketing, editing, being present in your book launch. My husband and I just recently did our very first, we've done the author events at the local library like I've mentioned before But last weekend, we did our very first book signing where we ordered copies of all of our books. We showed up, and actually, I showed up not feeling the best. I was starting to get sick at the beginning of the week there, and I did not feel like my best (laughs) or that I was living my best life at that moment. I just wanted to get it over with. But I showed up, I put a smile on my face, and we worked it out. Uh, A writer often has a vast knowledge of book promotions and marketing, as well as social media promotion and marketing. A personal figure voice generates more sales than a brand voice does, which always seems monotonous when they demand only sales. And I could not say that any louder or clearer. It's one of the things that I feel like sets not only my marketing strategy apart, but also my business in pursuit of purpose as well as my workshop. I felt like I've taken other boot camps. I've taken other courses and workshops. Sometimes that's what's lacking is that personal attachment to that person where you feel from their heart that they want you to succeed. They want you to become inspired and motivated and full of hope. And I hope that you feel that when I'm talking to you through this podcast, through my writing, through my workshops, that is my ultimate goal is to help you in whatever form that might be to create and manifest your very best life. 
All right. Well, I feel like I've kind of rambled on and on and on on this episode. And like I said, I really didn't have anything planned other than just to kind of catch up and let you know what's been going on with me and the workshop and things like that. So I think I'm going to end this one a little bit earlier this time. And I just hope that you guys have a great week. I hope that you'll join me each week as we take the next steps in becoming more than we ever thought imaginable. As we learn that nothing is too big to handle when we step out of the way and let the universe guide us. I've learned that a lot this week, haven't I? My wish is that I have provided you with hope, that I've uplifted you, that I've made you laugh, made you cry, and that you want to scream out loud. I want to take happiness into my own hands. I want to stop letting the negativity control me. And I choose to be the master of my own destiny and remain positive despite any obstacles that are thrown at me. But most especially, that I can do this. Yes, I can. So chin up, my friend. You've taken the next step and it's all uphill from here. So straighten your crown, take a deep breath in and let it all go because I believe in you. You've got what it takes and despite the obstacles I've faced this week, so do I. So together we'll make it through day by day and piece by piece until we're restored, healed, and find joy in the journey once again. Hang in there and know that you are loved from here to the universe and back. Until next time, I am unconditionally yours. All my love, Sadie. another episode of the Daily Escape podcast, and I am your host, Sadie K. Frazier.